Hey, before we get started, if you are ready to pass your exams and become a licensed architect, you're going to want to listen to this. We are revolutionizing architectural education. It is my goal and mission to help as many people as possible become licensed architects while still maintaining their happiness. So introducing the architecture of play. This is our secret podcast series that will transform the way you study and prep for your ARE. Imagine having a happy work-life balance while also pursuing your dream of becoming a licensed architect. I promise you, it is possible. Our seven-episode private podcast gives you exclusive access to the secrets that can make this dream a reality. Remember, the more fun you have, the more likely you are to pass your exams and become a licensed architect. Start listening today at dci.beyoungdesign.com slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Design, Create, Inspire with me, Bryn Young. I'm an architect and entrepreneur with a background in interior design and small business management. I have been running a successful award-winning architecture firm for over six years, and I'm here to discuss all things design and business. There are over 1 million podcasts to choose from, so thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. I hope to bring you value with every episode I create, so let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to Design, Create, Inspire. So a couple things right off the bat. One, this is my second video in the ARE series, technically third, but my first video is about practice management, which I do believe is a great test to start on. Um, I also have another one all about fear setting, so it's more like mindset when it comes to the ARE's. But this is my second series in the actual exams. So this um, video is going to be all about project management. Now, I do want to say I apologize because I meant to get this video out way, way earlier. Um, But we had to switch things around a little bit in my my studio, a.k.a. my home office, um, and we relocated it. And so I haven't found a good spot to record Um, and it's, so it's been like putting it off and I realized, okay, you might hear a child yelling in the background. You might hear chickens in the background. You might hear a cat here and there, but I figured it would be better to at least get this information out to you rather than keep waiting because, you know, life happens, working from home now happens. Um, and soon enough, I will have a studio at home that's a little bit more conducive for recording, but in the meantime, bear with me. I appreciate it, and I did want to get the information out to you. So this video is going to be all about the ARE practice man sorry, project management, the second exam in the series. Um, again, you can take them in any order you prefer, uh, but I like to think of this as project management. So if you haven't taken any of the exams, I do recommend going and checking my out my other videos, the um, the one on failing and ARES in general, which is a very broad overview of all of the exams. 
And then the one on um, practice management so that you can take that one first. And then if you have passed practice management, congratulations. And now you're here with me today and we can talk all about project management. So the good news here is that all the studying you've done so far for practice management will carry over to project management. So you're going to see that a lot on these exams where certain information that you've studied will be seen again in some some capacity. And it's nice because, you know, things build on top of each other. It's not like you're starting brand new information every time. So you will, you know, build off of that and it will be helpful. So when I first took practice management, my first exam, I did fail that first time. I was getting used to the whole process of the exams, but then also the information. And then when I took uh, project management, I passed the first time. And I think it was a culmination of things. I think it was understanding better the process. And then I also think um, that overlap of information helped me. And then I also think I learned to study a little bit differently, what worked for me. And I think I took studying a little bit uh, more seriously because I realized, wow, these tests do have quite a bit of information that is needed and uh, knowledge. And um, so I, I went into it a little bit different mindset. So today I'm just going to talk about basically what this exam looks like, what to expect, and a couple tips for going into it. So For project management, you are going to be tested on office standards, contracts, lots of contracts, um, which which you did review for practice management, which is good, and uh, risk management. Now, I do want to say just before I get into this, if I mix up project management and practice management during this, I apologize, but I mean, they're so close, so... (laughs) You understand that this video is for project management, so you get it. Okay, so um, project management is basically the resources you need to effectively complete a project. So um, whether that's uh, inside your office, so the, the management tools you need inside the office internally in order to complete the project, or um, uh, contractual-wise what you need to complete the project. So this is going to um, discuss a little bit more about that. So the exam itself, you have three hours. You do have a break in there, scheduled break. It's 75 questions. A couple of those are not actually uh, scored. They're like kind of like practice questions, but essentially 75 questions and two case studies. So project management has five sections and you can find all of this information on the ARE handbook. And if this is your second exam, likely you are very familiar with this handbook. If you haven't uh, downloaded this handbook, you better download this handbook because it's very important. I'm gonna have all the links down below. So if I mention anything, go check down below. Um, I'm also going to include my ARE resource uh, guide. You, I have a link to all these things. I have guides, um, links to the different PDFs and lectures and all that good stuff. So download that. It's free. Um, and download the ARE handbook. 
So the five sections, the first section is resource management, and that's going to be 7 to 13% of the exam. Section two is project work planning, and that's 17 to 23%. Then we have contracts. Section three is all about contracts, and you'll see in the percentage breakdown, this is 25 to 31%, and that's a big chunk of the exam. So contracts, luckily you um, have a brief idea of them for the first exam, but this is really critical for this exam. So you want to start knowing these contracts like the back of your hand, and that will come into play later as well, which is good um, for construction evaluation for that exam. So um, the more you know now, the more you'll know for the next exam. So definitely know your contracts. And I'll go into a little bit more of like how to go about that. And then section four is project execution, which is 17 to 23%, similar to section two. And section five is project quality control, and that's 19 to 25% of the exam. So what do these mean? <laughs> um, I'm not going to go super deep into them, but just like really briefly kind of. Section one, resource management. This is basically like what sort of resources do you need to complete a project? So what that means is like once, you, once you've signed the contract, now you need to figure out what it is that you and your team need in order to effectively complete the project. So um, whether that's uh, how things are managed, um, the time management, internal uh, um, protocols, um, checklists, that whole thing. So that's a really, really good thing to learn, especially if you want to go into your own business one day, because um, this will help streamline projects and make sure that you reduce your liability. All of this really is about reducing your liability as much as possible and risk management. So the second uh, project work planning. So this is going to be mainly schedules and communication. So how are schedules put together? What that schedule looks like? Like a, is it Gantt chart or a Gantt chart? I'm not sure. Um, and I'll show you a quick, here's a look at what my schedule looks like, what I put together for my clients. And communication. How are things communicated? What sort of protocols you have for communication? Um, communication you have within your internal um, firm, basically, and then the type of communication you have with the other parties within the project. Section three, contracts. This is, again, the biggest one. They are going to be pretty much the bulk of the exam, and you're going to really want to have a good understanding. So if you watched my practice management exam, I talk about the Schiff Harden lectures, and I really do recommend going through his lectures, his audio lectures, and actually physically have the a copy of the contracts so that you can review them um, while he, you're listening to him. So you can get a really good understanding of what he's talking about. And again, these contracts, it's not like you're going to review them now and then never look at them again. You're going to need them for... Um, construction evaluation. If you're in California, you're going to need to understand them for the California supplemental exam. Um, and then also just 
you need to understand them for reducing your liability and reducing risks once you're in the field. So take them seriously because it's not like you're going to look at them just for this exam. You basically are going to need to know them, <laughs> even if you choose not to use the AIA contracts in your practice. Um, so what you went over with the contracts for practice management, likely you did, but for this exam, it's going to go a little bit deeper. So having a good understanding for the first exam was perfect, but now make sure that you really dive into them a bit deeper. And when you're taking the practice quizzes, a lot of them will have information on them. And I recommend taking those seriously and seeing how they addressed what's on the contracts. Um, you want to understand the roles and responsibilities of each person. So this is pretty important. Um, the owner, contractor, architect, consultant. And what the contracts do is basically provide this information. So this information of what you're responsible for is pertinent because this, again, goes back, say it with me, risk management can go back to that. So you want to make sure that you're doing what you can, but you also want to make sure you're not doing too much where you're putting liability on yourself that's not necessary. Like taking over maybe a role or responsibility that's the contractor, not necessarily the architects, and uh, learning how to navigate that so you don't, um, unbeknownst, put liability on yourself. And with the contracts, with all this said, you don't have to like memorize the contracts. You just really have to understand them, which I know is so frustrating to say because it's like, okay, well, what do you mean? And how do I know if I understand them? Um, I think taking your practice quizzes will help you know if you really understand them or not. Um, and what I mean is like, they're not going to say, you know, A101 section three says this, true or false. They don't care about that. It's going to be like, you and the owner have such and such contract and you go on site to meet with the contractor and um, the contractor has such and such, and such contract with the owner uh, and this is happening, what is your role or what he wants this done? What can you do? <laughs> That's like the most vague question ever. This is why, you know, I don't write the quizzes, but you know, that's an example. You have to understand, okay, I have this contract that makes me responsible for this, or, um, the contractor has this contract that makes him responsible for this. So you do want to understand that. So I'm going to say the check the ARE handbook to make sure that it's you're covering all of them. But I do want to highlight these four contracts as being Hey, before we get started, if you are ready to pass your exams and become a licensed architect, you're going to want to listen to this. We are revolutionizing architectural education. It is my goal and mission to help as many people as possible become licensed architects while still maintaining their happiness. 
So introducing the architecture of play. This is our secret podcast series that will transform the way you study and prep for your ARE. Imagine having a happy work-life balance while also pursuing your dream of becoming a licensed architect. I promise you it is possible. Our seven-episode private podcast gives you exclusive access to the secrets that can make this dream a reality. Remember, the more fun you have, the more likely you are to pass your exams and become a licensed architect. Start listening today at dci.beyoungdesign.com slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, back to the episode. The most critical ones to understand, and that's A101, A201, B101, and C4, C401. So A101, A201, B101, and C401. You really want to know these ones. Um, these are going to be the most critical. There's going to be questions on some of the other ones. Sometimes they're going to even throw out like a random one and that you kind of have to know, but these are the ones that you're going to get the most questions on. So I would spend the most time focusing on these because if you do get one random question, okay, that's one question that you may be able to guess right or not. So I know I've said it before, but I really can't stress it enough that listen to the infamous Schiff Harden lectures because they really will help you. Um, and if you can listen to it multiple times, and then also if you can do it with a physical contract in front of you, you can highlight it, make notes, and then you can also do it like while you're driving and stuff. Um, even if you don't think that you're paying attention to them, say it's like your second time listening to them, you're like, oh shoot, I was just zoning out. It's still getting in there. Your subconscious brain is still listening to something, especially if it's mul- if it's like the second time you've listened to them. Um, you just want to get that info in there. So section four is all about project execution. So this is going to be like admin procedures, like your budget, um, scope creep, which you want to watch out for, ways that you're executing the project and um, making sure that it's aligning with the original contract, with the original budget, with the original schedule, all that good stuff. Um, And then it's also going to be going into project approvals with the authorities having jurisdiction, the AHJ, which um, if you don't already know all about them, you definitely will and you definitely should. So that's going to be all about approval process, permitting, whatnot. And then section five is all about that project quality control. And so this is going to be um, your quality assurance, your quality control, and then your quality management. So you're going to have to know the difference between each of these, the assurance, the control, and the management. Um, And you're going to have to know how it works in an office and then know how the architect uses these to get the construction documents, condocs, CDs however you want to call it, um, through the office and then out to bid and out to bid for the contractor. So these are all important things, um, especially quality. I mean, 
quality is so important because a set of plans is never going to be perfect and no one can assume that they will be perfect, but you need good quality and you need some sort of system to assure that you're not making silly mistakes that can cost you a lot of money or the client a lot of money in the long run. So quality is really important. Um, and then also project delivery methods. So this is going to be important because this talks a lot about the roles and responsibilities, like I mentioned earlier, but um, a lot of what the contractor and the owner's responsibilities are because it's based on the contracts that are set up. So your typical and, um, you know, like I've said before in past videos, I'm not necessarily giving you study material. There's so much study material out there. I'm more talking about like what's on the exam, what to think about, how to go about studying, but not necessarily like here are the, this is what design build, build, bid build looks like. But what I want to say about this is your project delivery methods is basically like who's in contract with who. So say you do have like design, bid, build. You have the owner and the owner is contracted with the architect. The owner is also contracted with the contractor. The owner or the contractor and the architect are not contracted with each other. So how does that affect those roles and responsibilities? And that's really important. Then you might have consultants who are contracted by the architect or consultants that are contracted with the owner. And how does that affect the roles and responsibilities? Who goes through who, who takes on what, and all that information. So it's really important um, knowing what project delivery system that you have in order to know what roles and responsibilities everyone has so that everyone's on the same page. A, a successful project is based on communication and clear understanding of everyone's role so that things aren't left behind, people aren't frustrated because they thought someone else was taking care of something, all that stuff. So that is why that is so important. So I'm going to give you a couple tips here. Um, first, I'm going to give you some tips on like, don't forget to study this. And then I'm going to give you some tips on ways to study and when to take the test. So don't forget to study this. <laughs> Write this down or remember these. But you um, need to be prepared, which totally threw me off because, I'm, you know, when you're going through your study, you're not necessarily thinking of this as being part of it. But you need to know measurement unit conversions. So like cubic feet, acres, feet to yard. One thing that you have you have to always watch out for what they're asking. So this can get really confusing because it can be a pretty simple math problem that they're asking you, but what they do is they trick you. And so the question might be in feet, then they, or square feet, and then they might be asking for cubic yards. So then you need to make sure that at the end or wherever you're converting it from square feet to cubic yard or um, they're going to tell you like an acre and you have to know how many square feet or feet or whatever is in an acre. So just little things like that, make sure you know. 
And, and those are kind of the big ones is like the cubic feet, the acre, square foot, that sort of thing. So very random foot to yard, uh, very random, but something that you want to know. Um, the other thing, and I'm saying these ones because there's so much more you need to know, but based on what the project is or what the breakdown for the project says we need to know, these seem like weird topics that you wouldn't have totally expected. So the other one is basic ADA knowledge. You're not being tested like a like later in PPD and PDD on ADA, but you do need to have basic ADA knowledge. So um, I'm sure that this information will come up in your study guides or, you know, if you're using PPI ballast or um, even in um, the ARE 5 manual, which I highly, highly recommend, this information will come up. So you'll at least know that you have to know it. And that's actually why I love the, the ARE 5 manual, because it really goes through everything that's on the exam. So if there's random things like, you know, knowing ADA knowledge, likely it's in there. And so you're able to be prepared. You're not totally blindsided. So um, that ADA knowledge, uh, consultant drawings, coordination. So having knowledge of what that means. What does it mean for you to coordinate with the consultants with their drawings? What are you responsible for? What are you not responsible for? What you should sign off on? What you shouldn't sign off on? So you want to understand basically, you know, what the consultants are doing and then what you're reviewing and whatnot. And then also I've mentioned this before, just going to mention it again. You really want to understand the risk and the roles and the responsibilities of everybody, um, the project delivery methods, and then the business roles. So even like within your firm um, or within your business, like what project management does and um, what the designer does and all that sort of stuff. You want to have an understanding of everyone's role within the firm. The last tip I'm going to give you for um, like the actual study material stuff is using the AHPP, the Architect's Handbook for Professional Practice. I mentioned this in practice management. I'm not going to stop mentioning it because it's seriously so important. It's your Bible. Use it as your primary study source, in my opinion. <laughs> Caveat throw that in there always. Um, focus on the chapters that I break down in my PDF so that you're not having to like read the whole thing. Specifically look at finances. Um, and you also want to note that you really need the full version of HPP. I think there's a student version or, um, you know, smaller versions. You really want the full version. It's 100% worth it. Seriously worth every penny. You can probably find it used. You can find maybe a PDF or something, it's worth whatever. It's like a hundred bucks or something. Seriously, I have a link, go buy it. It will seriously save your life. Probably make you pass a lot quicker too. Um, it's really important. And also you can use it in your actual practice. I reference it all the time. I keep it here in my studio and I reference it all the time. It's very helpful. So I know a lot of people get rid of their books when they're done studying. I like to keep the important ones, and I have definitely kept the Architect's Handbook for Professional Practice. Okay, so I'm now going to get into a couple tips for taking the exam. So 
um, and studying for it, basically. So there's value in notes. So I loved Cornell notes. Didn't do a Cornell note since high school <laughs> um, until I started taking these exams, but they were super helpful, especially when going through and studying really quickly because you can look at the primary things on the left side, like the topics and everything, and then go into it. Don't forget to take practice tests. Um, I'm sure that this is, especially if this isn't your first exam, you know how important the practice tests are, quizzes are. Um, NCARB has some of, you know, they give a little bit of an idea of what the exam looks like in their handbook, but definitely take other practice quizzes out there. Use Ballast, use um, Designer Hacks, use use the different quizzes that are available to you. I will link some of them down below as well so that you can easily get to them. So definitely make sure that you're quizzing yourself. Um, when you leave your exam, so it's going to give you a preliminary pass or fail. I know a lot of people are doing their exams online now. Um, I don't know if they've opened them back up so you can go in, but when I say leave your exam, whether you're physically leaving your exam or you're just done taking your exam, take notes. So if you fail your exam, take as take a minute to sit down, take a breath, and do a total brain dump of all the information that you felt you didn't know, you felt that were you were blindsided on, um, anything. Now, very important, don't share this information with anybody. This is only for your knowledge. This is only for you to go back and know what areas you need to study more on. Um, it's definitely not okay to share that information or um, reveal that information to anybody. So I'm not recommending that. I'm just recommending that you do like a brain dump. So it was so helpful for me to be able to focus on what was needed. And, you know, when they give you your reports of what you needed to know more on, I was able to go back to my brain dump and be like, oh, that makes sense because I was totally blindsided by this one area. So that will really help focus your studying for the next time. Um, and again, don't share it. It's just for you, but um, it's important while it's fresh in your brain. When you're taking your exams, really focus on the questions that they're asking carefully. It can really get you tripped up, and that's the way these are worded, which if you are, have a second, if English is your second language, I can't even imagine how difficult these exams must be, so I applaud all of you taking these um, with English being your second language, because even with English being my first language, they try to trick you, or I don't even know if they try to trick you. I think they're just written poorly. <laughs> So um, make sure you're reading them very carefully. Sometimes there's filler words that aren't important. So I would literally, like when I was taking my quizzes, I would literally cross out filler words. Like, okay, you're insignificant. Like they're going to, and they will actually do things to trick you, like give you more information that is needed that you don't, that's not important. So don't even focus on that. Cross it off. Um, use I use the highlighter button. I know people have explained issues with highlighting the highlighter button because it like bogs down the system. I, I did have one exam crash on me, um, but only one out of all of them. So for me, I liked the highlight button because I could focus on just those key things. And I think focusing on that, getting the rest of the noise out 
of your head was really important. So focus on reading what they are really asking you and not the added stuff. Um, and then do something to make yourself accountable. So I love to do like either an incentive or even like tell someone, okay, I'm taking my exam in eight weeks, even if you haven't scheduled it. And so it's just putting it out in the universe. It's making yourself accountable. It's giving you a deadline and also just schedule it, schedule it to give yourself a deadline. Do something to make yourself accountable. Join a study group so that, you know, you have something to look forward to and you can really focus on that. So study time, I recommend, and this might seem kind of quick, but like three to four weeks to study, especially if you've just taken practice management, it's fresh in your brain. I would really honestly like give yourself maybe a week to decompress and, um, you know, give you don't have to like hit it so hard, like give yourself a week after taking practice management to relax, but then get back on it and honestly schedule it out for three weeks from there because all that information is fresh in your brain. If you wait too long, it's just so hard to get back on it. So um, yeah, I would really recommend three to four weeks and then see how that feels for you. And then if that feels too fast or not fast enough or whatever, you can kind of start gauging it at that point. I have talked about this in every video, but that's fine because I'm going to talk about it again. I'm going to be a broken record and on every one of these uh, videos I'm going to mention it is failing these first exams, really any of the exams, but especially these first exams is so common. So please don't beat yourself up over it. Use it as an opportunity to learn more and know what areas, like I said earlier, know what areas to study more. Um, and then also just there, know that there's so much more to these exams than knowing just the general information. If you fail it, it doesn't mean you're not meant to be a great architect. It does not mean that at all. Um, there's a lot to these exams that are so much more than just knowing the information. There's also the anxieties of it, the um, stress of it, the time in life. I mean, I cannot tell you how many. There was literally an issue every morning of the times I was going to go take the exam. I need to make a video just on that because this is getting long, but I need mean, it's like a blooper reel of like the shit that actually happens when you're going to take your exam. Like you're, you don't have your ID or whatever. So I have some great stories. <laughs> okay. So that is pretty much the overview for project management. Um, again, I'm sorry that this was so far away from practice management. I'm hoping that I can get CE out a little bit quicker. The next video will be CE, construction evaluation, because in my opinion, that is a great one to take after project management. So um, I'm going to do CE, then I'm going to take do PPD and then PDD. And that is the order I took them in, order I recommend, um, and order a lot of people do. So thank you so much. You can um, join me over on Instagram at Be Young Design here. Definitely subscribe, of course, um, so that you're, you know, you know when my new videos will be out. So that's pretty much it. If you ever want any more information, need more help, want different information, you can leave a comment, let me know, reach out to me. Um, I love to hear from you guys. Okay. 
Thank you, and I will see you soon. Good luck. You've got this. Don't stress about it. One day you're going to be a licensed architect.